You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You know, when we look for the next head coach, it's going to be just more about the fit for the team, not necessarily fit for the scheme. So, you know, it's going to be looking for, like I said, with Dirk, a lot of the qualities Dirk had, the positive qualities that Dirk had are are rare. We're going to look for a great leader, a guy that's just a good fit for this organization and and is and wants to be a buck and is excited about coaching this young team and and winning a championship. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I'm James Yarko, joined as usual by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayYarko underscore Bucks, and at DH82 underscore Bucks. Of course, going to touch on a little bit of the news regarding all the coaching searches and, and everything happening around the NFL. There are now eight vacancies. That means a quarter of the NFL is out there searching for a head coach. We knew about the Browns, we knew about the Packers, we knew about the Bucks, and while David and I recorded last night, we found out about the Jets. We'll add to that the Dolphins, the Bengals, the uh, Broncos, and the Cardinals. So, Ian Rappaport of NFL Network tweeted out uh, a little bit before 11 o'clock a.m. Eastern Time that Bruce Arians had had said that he'd only consider the Browns' job, but with the Bucks' job open... Bruce Arians texted Ian Rappaport and said, I know Jason, so I would listen. So it sounds like there's a little bit of interest from Bruce Arians' side. I'm sure there's interest from Jason Light's side. In fact, I believe it was Alex Marvez that had said that there is legit interest from the Buccaneers in Bruce Arians. Sounds like he's a guy that they're looking at. And then we also know that the Buccaneers have reached out to request an interview with Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric the Enemy Bienemy. Uh of course former he was a running back, wasn't he? Is that right? Yeah, he was a running back. That's what I thought. And, and I was very confident in that until the words started coming out of my mouth. I'm like, maybe <laughs> he was a defensive back. But no, I was I was fairly confident in, in, in the running back. Um, but he's obviously done a phenomenal job in Kansas City. And the Andrew Reed coaching mm-hmm. tree usually branches off into uh, you know success around the NFL. So that's another one to keep an eye on. Other reports floating out around there is that the Buccaneers may have some interest in Jack Del Rio and Jim Caldwell. Both, of course, have head coaching experience, Del Rio with the Jags and the uh, Oakland Raiders before he was so unceremoniously dismissed in favor of John Gruden. So that was hilarious. Um, And then Caldwell, of course, with the, uh, the Indianapolis Colts and the Detroit Lions. Um, touching real quickly on some former Bucks employees, it sounds like Dirk Cutter uh, is the quote unquote leading candidate to take over as offensive coordinator for the Atlanta Falcons, according to D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal. And the New York Jets have requested permission to speak with soon to be former offensive coordinator Todd Munkin. Uh, regarding their head coaching vacancy. It does not sound like Todd Munkin is going to get a shot to be the head coach of the Buccaneers. Jason Light says that this hire will come from outside the organization. It will be up to that coach 
whether or not he retains any of the position coaches, and it will be up to him as to which of those coaches, if any, he does retain. So with that, David, buddy, how you doing on this New Year's Eve? David's very quiet today. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm doing I'm doing great. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on today. It's great. Uh, Black Monday is not great for those families, but it's great for us, I guess. It keeps us busy, keeps us on our toes. I've literally spent all day at my computer, which is just fine by me. Um, I love I love doing what we do. So uh, good stuff. I wrote something for Bucks Nation. Not sure when it's going up. Basically, just comparing Bruce Arians' uh, offense from Arizona to what has happened with Tampa since Dirt Cutter took over. Uh, I got a couple of plays. Uh, I've got four gifts in there, two that kind of show some similarities, and two that show some of the uh, the the new things that BA might bring in if he if he is hired. I mean, he's the name being floated out there, so I figured why not go ahead and take a little bit of a second, get a little bit of a head start on the uh, comparison, and and just kind of see you know how, what might be different, what might be the same. Um, I think you guys will will find it interesting as well if you take the time to go ahead and read it. It's not all good. It's not all. Bruce Arians is the man and, and all that stuff, even though I'd love for him to come out of Tampa and take over the Bucks. Um it's 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 very honest. I mean, there's not there's some there's some things that I saw with Arizona's uh scheme and play design that Bucks fans are gonna recognize and not like. And then there's some other things that I saw with their scheme and their play design that Bucks fans are gonna uh say, Hey, that's that's something we've been wanting here in Tampa for a few years. So um, I think it's, I think it'll be an interesting read if, if you guys check it out. Yeah, definitely looking forward to that. I'm sure it'll uh It'll be up sometime uh, on on Tuesday. Of course, I'll have the the coach edition of Pick Six up on Tuesday as well. So, chances are, by the time you're listening to this, uh, both of those will be up. So, make sure you're checking out BucksNation.com now. David, we have uh, we've rattled off some of the news here. Let's go ahead and dive into some of the voicemails so that we can make sure we get all of these people counted for the Quan Alexander autographed jersey giveaway taking place at 1 p.m. Eastern time on the Locked on Bucks Twitter account live during New Year's Day. But we have to make sure that we squeeze all these voicemails in so all these people that took the time to call us get their entry for that big drawing. So who is caller number one? Hey guys, it's Leighton in Tampa. Uh, happy New Year to you guys, and great job as always on the podcast. Uh, just some comments. Uh, just listened to your last podcast and totally agree on just situations not working out with, with Cutter. Um, like you said, great guy. Uh, wish him well, um, but we definitely need a definite improvement um, with coaching. Um, and as my uh, Twitter message that you guys responded to previously, run game I think is important. I definitely am hoping for the Bruce Arians hire. Um, if that works out, I've seen reports that there's got to be some talks with Arizona as far as compensation because he's still technically under contract. Not sure how all that works out. Hopefully someone can delve into that, find that out. But um, really still always got to look positive, look for the next year, and look at draft picks that will be coming. Hopefully some uh, good things will you turning up as we go through this offseason combine and all the stuff leading up to the draft. As always, go Bucks and thanks again for all the work that you guys. All right, Leighton, thank you so much for the phone call. Appreciate a happy new year to you and your family and friends as well. Yeah, there there was that report by uh, I believe it was Mike Florio for Football Talk that that floated it out there first. That yes, 
Bruce Arians is, is still considered under contract with the Arizona Cardinals. He's on the retired list, and any team that wants to interview him or hire him technically would have to seek their permission and offer compensation. Now, from what we were told by our, our site manager, Gil Arcia, there are some ways around it. I personally do not know that as of this moment, so I don't want to speak out of turn and say something that is false. Um, but, you know, if, if that's the guy that they want and that's the guy they feel is going to turn this thing around and, and get this team on track, you know, they, they'll be willing to to pay a price. Do I think it's going to be Gruden-level price and, and multiple first-round picks? No, absolutely not. I don't believe that. You know, do I believe it's even going to be as high of a price as the Ravens might ask for for John Harbaugh? No, I, I don't believe that either. This is a guy who has a deal with CBS. He was doing color commentary, and he could very easily say, you know what, this is the one job that I'm willing to take. So, you know, either let me go coach them or I'm just going to sit in the booth. You know, I don't care. It's not like you have to face us twice a year. You know, just let me go do my thing. He still has a a good relationship with with ownership there and and GM Steve Kime. So I I don't foresee that being a major roadblock if he is indeed the choice. These guys are typically pretty smart about the legalities of what they're doing, and uh, Bruce has been going on the record for for quite a while now this year, talking about coaching jobs and all that stuff. So if he wasn't allowed to do so, then uh, he, he probably wouldn't be doing it. Um, but I don't. I don't think it's going to be an issue at the end of the day. I mean, it's just it might just be one, you know, red piece of red tape that the the team that hires him and wherever he goes have to kind of deal with. But I don't think you're looking at you know draft picks or, or anything crazy. Um, yeah, they can have Deshaun Jackson for him. Yeah, there you go. Um, that'll work. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not too worried about it. Yeah. All right, caller number two. Hi there, my name is Jacob. I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, but I'm a huge Bucks fan and have been basically as long as I've been watching football. Uh, I'm calling with my thoughts on the Cutter situation. I'm, I'm a little disappointed, well, very disappointed in the way the season turned out, obviously. I was, I was almost, part of me was almost hoping that they kept Cutter on for another year just because it's such a draining situation, draining time, draining situation to... <laughs> Having a new coaching search every couple of years and, uh, it never, never seems to really get things on, like going. It takes time for franchises to turn around. Like Jameis, when he came into the league, he was, took number, it was the reason he was taking number one overall because our team stunk. Um, going forward, I mean, I know there's a lot of talk about, uh, Bruce Arians. Um, it, it, that would be interesting, but, Again, he's been out of the league, and he hasn't necessarily. He's probably one of the better vets available right now, and, and we probably should give a lot of attention to that. But I've heard of, uh, I've heard also rumors of uh, us reaching out to Kansas City offensive coordinator, and I'm not as optimistic about that situation. I, I, I hate these years when offenses go big, and then suddenly, you know, one year of uh, solid offense or solid uh, performance, then you, you know these guys go coach coach a team for a year, two years, and they get fired. So uh, hopefully we can bring in a vet, a guy that has been has known from winning. Uh, I don't I don't mind Gase down, even though this year was disappointing. He has brought the Dolphins to the playoffs, who I think is Bucks are much more talented than that team. Uh, it'll be interesting going forward, and uh, no matter what happens, I just hope we can get somebody that can win us some football games. Good Bucks. All right, Jake, appreciate the phone call, bud, especially from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And I'm sure uh, all the Steelers fans around you are pretty much just as depressed as you are. But you know what? 
it it does suck. It, it is unfortunate that we have to go through this searching thing again. Um, you know, it's this is the the what the fifth coaching search in, since two thousand nine. Um, but when you don't have the right guy, you don't have the right guy. You know, I'm I'm forty minutes north of of Cincinnati, so really I'm not too far from from you, Jake. And you know, I, I look at at the Bucks situation, and I look at years of hiring the wrong coach and and struggling and losing. And then I look at, at the Bengals, who let go Marvin Lewis today. Marvin Lewis was with the Cincinnati Bengals as their head coach for 16 years. 16 years. Made it to the playoffs seven times. Never won. And I start to wonder, what's worse? I mean, sticking with a guy for nearly two decades in a state of mediocrity, never tasting any kind of postseason success whatsoever, or doing this this search every three to four years because you haven't found the right guy yet. I mean, Marvin Lewis obviously wasn't the right guy in Cincinnati. He couldn't get the job done, but they kept sticking with him and sticking with him and sticking with him. And, and fans around here have been in just sheer frustration for years because they knew that Lewis wasn't the guy and he wasn't going to be able to get the job done, but they kept sticking with him. So I don't know. I, I, I understand the frustration and it's, it's irritating that we have to go through it again, but you know, there's, there's that hope now that this time will be the right time. Do I have confidence that the Buccaneers could make the postseason next year with Bruce Arians in charge? Yes. Yes, I do. I can say that firmly on the show. If Bruce Arians is the head coach, I'm confident the Buccaneers can make the playoffs in 2019 based on the players they have on the roster now, in addition to whoever Bruce Arians brings in. Um, I, I'm, I'm confident in that. I'm confident in his abilities as a head coach. I'm confident in his abilities to put together a staff, whether he gets Todd Bowles to be his defensive coordinator or calls his buddy Chuck Pagano. If, if Chuck doesn't get a head coaching job, we know he's he's interviewed with the with the Green Bay Packers. I, I believe there was some interest with the Bengals or there was another team involved. It's all on BucksNation.com. I have a coaching tracker up there to keep up with the latest rumors and news. Um, so I'm, I'm confident in, in, in all of his abilities. I, I didn't feel that way about Lovey Smith. I didn't feel that way about Greg Schiano. I didn't feel that way about Raheem Morris. I kind of felt that way about Dirk Cutter, especially following a nine and seven season. We all did, and we were all let down. But you just got to remember that there's no sense in sticking with the wrong guy just for the sake of sticking with him. It's time to move on. Uh, it, it sucks that we're doing it again, but there's always that chance that the next guy is the guy. Jacob, you know, J- James and I agree with your frustration. We we we're we're right there next to you, uh, brother. But but believe me. But let me let me drop some information. This is why why we as a fan base and why this franchise is going through what they're going through. In Tampa Bay's first twenty one seasons, they had two seasons where they weren't negative in scoring differential, right? And in, in points differential. In the last twenty one years. They've been on the negative side of point differential 11 more times. All right. So if you do that math, it, it comes out to like 12 or 13 seasons in the entire franchise history that the Buccaneers have finished a season positive in point differential. Do you it's want to take a guess, James, and who the last Buccaneers head coach was to have a positive, to finish a season with a positive point differential? Bruden. Raheem Morris. 
Oh, well, that makes 2010, sense. 2010, Raheem Morris yep. had a positive point differential, okay, of 23. Oof. And obviously before him, yeah, it was Gruden, right? Because Gruden's the coach before Raheem Morris. Um, even Raheem, even Coach Gruden, though, in 2006, not even the year he got fired after, uh, had a negative point differential of 142 points. Holy. Okay, to, to, to compare that, when the Buccaneers won the Super Bowl, they had a positive point differential of 150. So in 2006, they were a 180-degree turn from how good they were the year they won the Super Bowl. They were uh, as bad as they were good in 2010. Exactly. And, I mean, not for nothing, but they finished 12-4 and four the Super Bowl season. They finished 4-12 and 12 in their negative uh, 142 season. So it all correlates, right? But the Buccaneers <laughs> have not had a positive point differential season since 2010. It, this is a historically bad franchise, right? There's documentaries. There's books, uh, whatever, whatever, about how bad this franchise is and – over the past eight seasons, they've gotten back to that tradition, um, which is why fans are frustrated, which is why the stadium is empty, which is why players don't want to come here. And those, some of the players who do come here end up wanting to leave just as fast as they came because this franchise has not been able to find that winning combination of personality and talent that it took them so long to find in the first place. And they finally got with Tony Dungy basically coming in and then John Gruden for a short period of time. And that faded off, you know, as, as we all know. Uh, so that's what they're doing. Now, they're, they're as frustrated as everybody is. Uh, they're looking to find that right combination again. And, I mean, Coach Cutter, as much as, you know, there's been a lot of outpouring of love for him today on Twitter and last night and everything about the guy and the man, the individual, he hasn't had a positive point differential any of the years he's coached. Uh, neither did Lovey. Neither did Chiano. There's a reason they're only lasting two or three seasons, and that's the reason why. Um, it, you can't even uh, – there's really no defense of it. So we, we feel your frustration, but and, – and he didn't really get on there and say, like, it shouldn't have happened. He just mentioned that he was frustrated. But, yeah, uh, it had to happen, and hopefully this next coach will break this string the way that Tony Dungy broke uh, the first one. Hashtag BA to the Bay. David, who is caller number three? Hey, what's up, guys? It's Josh from Georgia. Just had a few questions about the management in Tampa. What's going on with that? You know, obviously the uh, the owners care, you know, about the organization by firing Doug Cutter. You know, right moments after the loss against the Falcons. Um, but you know, I think that the uh, the Bucks kind of just need a whole new fresh start. And I was wondering on who might be our next potential GM. Um, you know, Jason Light does a great job of finding talent. Um, but, you know, in, in, in the NFL and just any football franchise, you know, we have to find players and coaches that correlate together and, you know, mesh together uh, well, you know, in order to, to get those W's. So, you know, you look at the you look at the Raiders and you look at the the Browns, and, you know, they change their management around, you know, granted that Gruden is kind of doing some crazy stuff out there in uh, in Oakland, but, you know, by training, I know a lot of people had a lot of uh, things to say when Khalil Mack was gone, but, you know, I think at the end of the day, Gruden is just trying to, uh, you know, instead of just having one Khalil Mack, he's trying to get multiple Khalil Macks in that, in that sense. So, you know, I think, I think that, um, you know, a, a big change in the Bucks Nation is kind of like that would really, would, would really tell the fans, 
that, you know, we're ready for a change. Like, we're ready to be the 2019 Bucks and, uh, you know, get a playoff run going at least. Uh, so just thoughts from the new GM and uh, management in that sense, guys. Love the podcast and uh, keep it going. Josh, thank you so much for the call. Appreciate it. David, this is something you and I have talked about a little bit before. Uh, Jason Light deserved to stay, and, and here's why. This is the first time that Jason Light is truly getting to hire his head coach. Um, you know, some people have said, you know, that he's he's going on his third head coach. No, not really. He's going on his first. Um, if you remember, Lovey Smith was hired, given full full control of the team, and then they brought in Jason Light to be the GM. You know, Lovey would go up to him and say, I want this guy, I want this guy, I want this guy. Jason Got him. That's what he did. That's why they got Michael Johnson and Anthony Collins and every Bears reject member of the secondary imaginable. That is why those players came in. Then it was an organizational decision for the development and uh, the hope was for the betterment of Jameis Winston to stick with Dirk Cutter. An organizational decision means it comes from up top. So even though Jason Light, quote unquote, conducted a coach search, the decision was already made. We already knew what was happening. And as you mentioned, the GM and the coach, they have to work together. So people like to point to the misses of Jason Light. And I like to point to the fact that we don't know the working dynamic of Jason Light. And this is something I've said on the show before. I've said it you know, in articles of Bucks Nation. We don't know how many of these draft picks the choices of Dirk Cutter and Mike Smith saying, no, these are the guys that we want because they fit what we want to do. Had, and I'm, I'm going to say the name because everybody else is going to continue to say for the next five years anyway. Even if Jason Light had Derwin James as the number one player on his personal draft board, the collective of the Buccaneers, the coaching staff, Jason Light, all of that, the collective was that they wanted Vita Vea to fit what the defense was supposed to do. And the defense was run by Mike Smith. So we don't know the working dynamic of that. We don't know if Ronald Jones was the guy that Jason Light wanted or the guy that Dirk Cutter wanted. Watching him at USC, it looks like the guy that Dirk Cutter wanted because what did Ronald Jones do so well at USC? Had those breakaway home runs you know, those explosive plays. And what did Cutter always talk about? We need more explosive plays. We need more explosive plays. Explosive, explosive, explosive. So they go out and they get Deshaun Jackson. They go out and they draft a home run threat in Ronald Jones, who is blazing fast, but then couldn't see the field. So this is this is Jason Light's chance. This is, Jason, you're conducting the coaching search. You get to decide who is going to be hired. This is when Jason Light has to pick the guy that he's hitching his wagon to, because if it doesn't work this time, then he's out of here. So I I believe Jason Light deserves his chance, and I believe that he will stick around as long as the head coach does. If it's Bruce Arians and Arians is there for five years, Jason Light's going to stick with him. And, And if they're successful and Arians says, look, I gave you five years. Now I really have to call it quits, but here's the contingency plan that we have in place where it, it will be a seamless transition to Brenton Buckner or Todd Bowles or Chuck Pagano or or whoever the offense coordinator is. You know, They can have that plan in place, and we've seen successions like that work. But if, if the hire is Bruce Arians and he goes 5-11, 6-10, 4-12, well, then both of them are out on their butts. 
But yeah, this is it for for Jason Light. He has to pick the guy that he trusts to basically allow him to continue to be the GM of the Tampa Bay Bucks. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with that. I think that uh, this is this is really the first time Jason has got to pick his head coach. But I really do. I feel like this is it. It's all or nothing, and that's why uh, it's important that Jason gets this higher right and that the Glazers get this higher right. And if that's truly the case, then honestly, if I if I'm the Glazers. Uh, unless I just absolutely despise the coach that Jason is trying to hire for some reason, I'm not going to stand in his way. I'm going to give him the guy that he wants, uh, you know, make him, you know, give his elevator speech or, you know, whatever, bring the reasons to the table and all that. You're paying the bills. So you deserve to know, you know, why your money is going where it's going. But at the end of the day, give the man the coach that he thinks can put all of this together, because if he's going to be the one or one of the ones losing his job at the end of it, if it doesn't work, then, I, you know, it, it seems like the fair thing to do. Um, doesn't always work that way, but it is what it is. But I really honestly do. I think that either this next coach is going to work and we're going to see Jameis Winston become, you know, potentially the best quarterback in franchise history. And this coach is going to become beloved up there with Tony Dungy and, you know, uh, John Gruden, or we're going to see the end of Jameis Winston as this, this franchise quarterback and Jason light at a minimum, uh, as a general manager of the team, as far as who would replace him, that's a really hard thing to, to answer because that's a world you're talking about the scouting world and the front office world is not really a publicized world. And, and that's really just kind of a, we've been through that this season on the podcast. That's why like, I'll never, there, there could come a time where I could look at a, at a head coach and be like, you know, this dude needs to go. Um, I felt like with dirt cutter, it was time to move on less for, who he is and more just for the, for the health of the team. I just, I felt like it had run its course and there was just really no coming back from where they were at with Jason light. There's too many unknowns like James, like you were just saying relationships between people, how the franchise actually works on the inside. Like, you know, like I said, there there's, there's franchises out there where the coach literally works for the general manager. He is your boss and it's his job to keep you in line and put you on task. And da, 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 da. I don't think that's how the Buccaneers work. The problem is I don't know for sure. That's just the the feeling that I get from the observations that I've had. Um, I don't have a source inside of the Buccaneers franchise to tell me how it how it is and, and how it goes and who has final say on what and how much power who has or each of them has with the ownership. It, but those that's not that's all information that's missing in that type of a decision. So it's really hard to say when the general manager really needs to be fired outside of you know scandal and, and stuff like that or just. From top to bottom, you just see a roster has got no talent. I don't care what the general manager's role or how much power and influence they have; it ain't working, so they got to go type of thing. Um, whereas you look at like Cleveland, and it's pretty clear. I mean, Hugh Jackson was fired by the ownership, got it, but that general manager in Cleveland had a lot to say and a lot to do with that coach being fired and with Todd Haley being fired. And that's how me personally, that's how I think it should go. I think the general manager's job is to kind of oversee quality control of the coaching staff, making sure that they're all doing what they need to be doing on and off the field, getting ready to lead a, fo- a successful football team. Uh, and it's his his position to enforce those standards. And if they're not enforcing standards, they need to get out. But I don't think that's how the Buccaneers work, uh, to be quite honest with you. But So that kind of in a roundabout way answers the question, I guess. <laughs> all right, David, caller number four. 
What's up, guys? This is Matt from Morven. Just wanted to drop by and check, share a few things with you. Uh, James, looks like you were right, man. Uh, we canned Mike Smith after the first Falcons loss and then boot his bosom buddy after the last Falcons loss. And I feel like that's total poetic justice right there. Of course, you know, my son Troy and I called in a few days ago, and, you know, Troy got to hear his voice as he calls it on the radio. So he's walking around with his chest poked out right now like it was totally him. That was the cause of the cutter firing. But uh, we'll, we'll let him have that one. He's, he's pretty happy about that. We're, we're both excited to see who the next coach is. But uh, unfortunately for the game, we were trapped at my mother-in-law's house deep in the heart of Falcon country, and I... We we both had to take a little bit of a of a beating for that game, but you know I think the I think our boys played pretty hard and played all the way to the end. You, you couldn't have really asked for a better game. I mean, you know, I like seeing the the turnover from AAA there. Uh, hopefully, we'll see a lot more stuff like that next year. There's just a lot a lot to look forward to next year, and I'm excited about that. But uh, fifth round pick ain't too shabby. Not sure if I want a defensive player or a or offensive lineman. I, my heart tells me we need a we need offensive linemen, but I'm just a old school Bucks fan, so I'm I'm pretty partial to big defensive ends or defensive tackles or you know even a even a DB wouldn't be bad. But anyway, keep doing what you're doing, guys. Enjoy the show. Go Bucks! All right, Matt. Appreciate the phone call, Troy. Good call, little man. Yeah, you you nailed it. Um, yeah, you you saw the uh, the cutter firing, much like uh, much like. Uh, David and myself and and many others. So you're you're a smart Bucks fan. Keep listening to us, and you only get smarter. I promise you that. Uh, yeah, I I mean the the fifth overall pick is I mean it's it's a good one. And, and like you said, I I'm sorry that you were stuck with with your in laws in the heart of Falcon Country, but you know there's a lot of directions they can go. And this isn't one of those years where you go into the draft saying the Bucks have to take this position. Yeah, they can go offensive line. They can go defensive line. They can go for a guy like Greedy Williams from from LSU and and solidify um, the secondary. You know they're going to have to have a replacement for Brent Grimes. Which I mean, the way he played, David, you and I can go out there and do what he did, and and we do it at a much cheaper price. But you're looking to add someone to the fold with with Carlton Davis and MJ Stewart. You know, so you could go the corner route. You could go running back. You know, there it doesn't seem like there's that that stud running back like we've seen the past couple of years with with the likes of Zeke and Saquon and those kind of things. But we're so early in that process that as as David you said on on Monday's episode, there's going to be a hot commodity, a guy that skyrockets into the top ten that that nobody's talking about right now, and it'll happen in in mid March to to early April. So. Lots to look forward to. Excited to see who the hire is going to be. And, and Matt and Troy, appreciate you guys listening. Hope you guys have a wonderful and safe new year. Yeah, uh, kudos. Kudos there, Troy, for uh, for getting that pick right. Good call as well by you, James. I didn't, I didn't put together the two Falcons-related moments, but, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of fitting, right? Poetic justice, like you said there. So, uh, I do yeah, like good it. stuff. Um, appreciate the call, of course. Appreciate the call back, of course. And, uh yeah, uh, fifth overall pick's good. I'm going to get into the first prospect that I'm going to write up about for the uh, for Bucks Nation tomorrow. I'm going to start diving into some film, also known as YouTube videos. Uh, pretty excited, though. Uh, uh, draft season, as you know, James, draft season is my season. Yes, um, it is. It is very excited. Christmas. This is my favorite time of season. 
my favorite time of the year, which is ironic because there's no football on, but I love it. Well, there's no football on for Bucks fans, but I love it. So yeah. So, uh, yeah, like you, like you said, James, if Troy keeps listening to us here at locked on bucks, he'll, uh, he'll definitely get more airtime and he'll hopefully get a little bit smarter. I'm excited to look into what we have. So hopefully they're, they're excited to stay with us. All right. And David, let's go ahead and wrap it up with caller number five. Well, the Bucks played a, uh, a, uh, whatever you want to call it game. Jameis was trying to prove that, uh, he is the quarterback of the future. Mike Evans reached a milestone for the Buccaneers. Um, defensive players were showing up here and there, especially Taylor. And, um, we lost. So I guess some people would be happy about the, the draft. So I guess it's on to, uh, Black Monday. Anyway. I just want to say thank you, Locked On Bucks. Everything you guys did, um, you guys have been great all year, man. Really, the best part of the season. So appreciate everything you guys are doing. Keep it going. Go Bucks, Greco, my brother. Thank you so much for the kind words. Really appreciate it. And uh, what a fitting voicemail to to end this on, David. Because yeah, we've we've had a blast. You know, we we started with the Locked On Network at the tail end of 2017. This was our first full calendar year with the network bringing you guys these shows uh, all year long. And of course, now we're, we're downshifting into the off season. So David and I are going to do what we can to bring you episodes every Monday and Friday. Of course, if something big happens, we will, we will do our best to bring you, you know, a, a show in a, in a timely manner. But we want you guys to continue to be involved. We want you guys to continue to send in those voicemails. You know, David is about to dive headfirst into all these draft prospects. Like he said, this is his Christmas. This is his his Disney World, his Six Flags, his Sea World, his Paris, whatever, whatever you want to call it. So if there's if there's draft questions that you have, if there's draft prospects that you want to hear about, if there's someone that you want David to to write about, you know, this is this is the time. Give us those calls. Send those in. And, and, you know, David and I aren't going to end with just this Quan Alexander jersey giveaway. We're going to continue to do more contests. We have something already in the works for the NFL draft mm-hmm. that we're going to have. What was it? What did we decide on? Three winners? Um, yes. Possibly Three potential winners. Two. There will be two winners. And then the possible third winner, uh, depending on how everything shakes down. But okay. at least two winners. We'll have at least two prizes to give out. So, yeah, I mean, we're going to continue to do more and more of this. And David and I have already discussed the the following season, um, you know, giveaways. I, I think we're going to do a, a mid-season giveaway and an end-of-the-season giveaway. Uh, you know, more things to, to get you guys involved. And, and we want to reward you for your time. You guys have spent a lot of time with us, and we appreciate that. And we want to show you our appreciation. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you all so much for for tuning in, especially when we're coming at you five days a week, more often than not. Of course, now in in the offseason, downshifting into into two episodes a week, get closer to free agency, maybe ramp it up a little bit closer to the draft. We'll ramp it up a little bit again. Um, But thank you all so much for sticking with us. We really, truly do appreciate it. Yes, we do. So make sure you are continuing to send in those voicemails at 813-444-5841. Make sure you're checking out everything going on over at BucksNation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayArco underscore Bucks, and at DH82 underscore Bucks. The offseason has just begun, Bucks fans. 
we have a lot that we're going to cover. There's going to be coaching change. There's going to be, you know, coordinator changes. There's going to be roster changes. And we are going to be here with you every step of the way. Thank you all so much for joining us right here at Locked on Bucks. Oh